podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello there guys, what is going on? Daniel Childs back here again for my rational perspective on Leicester 1, Chelsea 3. Chelsea's first away win in the Premier League since October. Three wins in a row for Graham Potter. A brilliant week. A brilliant week to be a Chelsea fan and it was so great, you know, coming away from that game to see the things that have encouraged us in the last two performances continue to grow. And as well as I'll get to some moments of adversity that Chelsea got through. That's a real big sign for me today that in previous weeks we've seen Chelsea have good periods in games, but then when something goes against them, and I've seen it continuously through this season, they collapse or the performance really dwindles. What I like so much about this performance and what speaks to maybe a change in tone, a change in maybe fortune in certain moments, the Chelsea are now responding to those moments and getting through. And... You know, it just gives you a lot of optimism, doesn't it? Because, you know, three wins in a row, the confidence of those players and some of those players, either ones returning to form at a key point in the season or those that we've recently acquired, adding something big to this team. Before we get into the review, look at player performances, the lineup, all of that good stuff. I want to ask you guys, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button and the notification bell so you don't miss any of the uploads. You can also listen to the show as a podcast. And if you are listening on the podcast feed, thank you so much for tuning in. Son of Chelsea is a part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I stressed in my preview yesterday that I didn't want to see that many changes. I wanted to see the basis of the team that played more specifically, of course, against Dortmund, but also against Leeds last weekend. What I liked about the starting eleven was even though there was, I think, one big surprise with Mikhailo Mudrik starting, given he hadn't started for a little bit now, the fact that it was still the basis of the team, the structure of that team, without, of course, Raheem Sterling and uh, Rhys James, who we knew weren't going to be involved, bringing in Loftus-Cheek, who I felt was quite obvious he was going to play right wing back, and then, of course, Mudrik for Sterling. That team being identical, the rest of it being identical to who started against Borussia Dortmund. I put Badi Ashile back in my back three, but again, he's been vindicated, Graham Potter, for sticking with Motka Correa. Another really fine performance today from him, which is great to see a player who I think has been managed very well. So he goes with that, and it was a little bit of a rocky start. I think that Leicester... You know, this is a massive game for them today because Bournemouth beat Liverpool earlier and looking at them in where they are on the table, they are right in relegation danger. So they had to get something from this game to kind of lessen the pressure on them. But Chelsea, as we have seen, they're, start, they're starting to be an attacking fluidity and, and a sign that Chelsea are going to be creating more opportunities and also scoring more more chances, which we just haven't been doing. And of course, it comes from that man, Ben Chilwell, who had a brilliant game at the King Power last season. It was a brilliant goal that I think caught everyone um, by shock, really, because I think Danny Wood wasn't ready for it. Um, it wasn't a good start for him to the game. And it was just an incredible technique. You know, uh, Kula Bali cross into the box, nice floated cross. And I just thought that Ben Chilwell was going to sort of hit it back across into a crowded area. But that technique to get over the ball, we've seen this from Chilwell. Um, I, you know, that goal today, even though it wasn't exactly the same, the technique he had to score all the way back in August against West Ham. It reminded me a lot of that. Chilwell is an incredibly talented player and I think he really judges moments well and the technique he had to have to get that low, to not blast it over, to not maybe miskick it, really impressive. And for Chelsea to get a goal so early on was was exactly what they needed because I think that really clicked us into gear a lot more. And we could have scored two or three um, before half time. We had, of course, Joao Felix um, hitting the post. 
so nearly the perfect finish for him. And then, of course, he did have the ball in the net, in the net but, of course, it was ruled out for offside. I think, of course, rightly for offside. It looked offside the first time he hit it. I didn't really celebrate that much. And that's kind of a problem with VAR, as you kind of do, especially when I'm not inside the ground. I don't celebrate a lot of goals because you do worry about how VAR's going to come back and, and intervene. But it was so frustrating to concede that goal when we did and it was Joao Felix unfortunately giving the ball away I think you can have some criticism of uh, Kepa you know conceding from you know that distance I thought it was a really good effort by by Dakar and I was more frustrated that we lost the ball in that moment when you know I felt just it, it you know it was the sort of situation Chelsea got so right on on Tuesday when they weren't losing the ball in those areas you just you can't afford to do it and I think there was a stat that Leicester, I think, have scored the, the most amount of goals outside the box this season, which isn't very sustainable and probably tells you where they are in, in the table that if they're relying on that. But just really frustrating. And then Chelsea lost their composure. You know, Kepa had to bail us out. And there was a penalty claim. And it was that moment of adversity where I really concerned, OK, this is where we're going to find out how far Chelsea have come since the last few weeks. Is there actual improvement? Because this is the moment against a team battling for their lives where something has gone against you. There's been fuss. We're, we're going to get to the officiating. Don't worry. There's been things going against you in the game. Can you respond well to it? And the fact that we steadied the ship, just got through that period, and then just before half time, because there was added time for the injury uh, to Kai Havertz, Kai Havertz is, of course, involved. An exemplary ball by Enzo Fernandez, just incredible, and all around that goal was outstanding. The bizarre thing was, it seemed like no one was really celebrating. I think Havertz was almost like, well, it'd probably be ruled out for offside. I know Havertz isn't the most like energetic guy, you know, he's kind of a little bit laid back on the pitch, but even he, it looked like to me they all expected that the flag was going to go up. But when you actually watch back, I mean, one of technically one of the best goals Chelsea have scored in a very long time. Two players combining remind me so much of like a Fabregas pass. I've said this a lot about Enzo Fernandez, but. Enzo Fernandez today was just sublime. He really was. And, and offering those things that we hoped when we signed him back in January. And it's not like he's had any awful performances, but you just saw a demonstration today in the first and second half how his passing can change and elevate Chelsea's game that we haven't had before in a central area. Um, and it was, again, timing of goals. We scored a goal before our time in midweek. We score a goal before our time now. Different circumstances, but massive impact on the tone of that game. And Kai Havertz, you know, I, I do have my criticisms of him. I tweeted about it earlier in, in the game and I was proven wrong again. But, I, you know, we are in March now, which seems to be Kai's favourite month for goals. He had a brilliant run this time last year. Uh, where he scored a number of goals. But that was an exemplary finish, it really was. And in the second half, I was quite happy the fact that uh, Graham Potter acted and brought a third central midfielder on. He took off Joao Felix. I don't know if that was for the early challenge uh, by Pereira on him. It may have been. We'll find out later. But it also gave Chelsea, I think, an extra man in that midfield where maybe against Leicester's three-man midfield, because Brennan Rodgers did change his formation today from a 4-2-3-1 to a 3-5-2. We were maybe being outrun a little bit. And what you don't want is a guy like James Madison and even Jewsbury Hall who hit the bar early on to have space in kind of that area. Living a busy, full life? MitoQ is a science-based cell health supplement that helps your cells generate renewable daily energy. Discover more at MitoQ.com. That's M-I-T-O-Q.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Area, you know, in front of our back three, say, because it can be really dangerous. Um, and I think that bringing on Conor Gallagher again had a real positive impact. You know, he is having the sub-appearances that I think are getting him probably close 
to maybe starting a game, but even not, he's showing qualities that Chelsea need in difficult moments to ride those waves uh, within the game. And Fafana nearly scored against his old club very early on. A uh, really good save. There was a couple of brilliant saves from Danny Ward. And I did say that set pieces were going to be a big part today. Chelsea didn't score from a header from a set piece, but again, you saw how, you know, it, you can get chances against this Leicester team from them. But it was just a case that Ward had had a really good day. Um, but Chelsea got a little bit of fortune. Uh, I think a lot of fortune in two moments. Kepa flapping um, and there was a, a block from Conor Gallagher off the line. Drewsbury Hill didn't, somehow didn't uh, equalise. And it was getting a lot, you know, it was tense. There was a moment when, you know, Chelsea had a break and Mikhailo Mudrik thought he'd scored. He went off celebrating, but he was offside. And you were just worrying, you were looking at all these chances that maybe Chelsea had missed. It wasn't our worst day in front of goal. It was it was a sense that maybe there were just moments within the game that Chelsea could have been a little bit more clinical and just those chances we'd had, if we'd taken them, it would have been a very different story. I've been more frustrated with Chelsea in front of goal in, in recent weeks than, than today. Uh, but you did feel was Le Leicester committed men forward with the ability to, to hit them on the break. Chelsea would get maybe another chance to kill the game and they finally did. And it was that man who rarely scores but loves to score beauties, the captain himself uh, for today, Mateo Kovacic. A wonderful finish. It was great that Mikhailo Mudrik was involved. It was a really good counter-attack involving a number of players. Enzo Fernandez with a brilliant cold ball round to Kai Havertz does really well. The ball eventually gets to, to Mudrik and then just volley inside the box, um, almost like a karate kick, almost like a shameless finisher from WWE into the, into the uh, top corner and game over. And it was wonderful to see the celebrations with the fans. Um, in that corner at Leicester and they finally got a red card uh, Fais finally got himself sent off and I think I have to get to the officiating now because I hate doing this but I think it, it makes sense to do this and just not forget it and dismiss it after a game when we've actually won it's easier to, to sort of have a go at the officials when you get a result you don't want but truly Andre Mariner today I mean it was just horrendous officiating and dangerous reckless officiating from the off and I'm not just talking about Chelsea I think all the obvious red card incidents did happen against Chelsea players but there were even moments when like Enzo Fernandez took someone out and Mariners looking very clearly I think Madison in second half just doesn't get a foul that's a clear foul and it's dangerous because as we saw very early on I this nonsense rule or this nonsense thing that's always happened in football where you can't send someone off in the first like five minutes of the game. Uh, it's complete nonsense. Do we have laws or do we not have laws? Are players going to be endangered by challenges or are they not? You know, it's just illogical to think that, you know, a player is in danger, say, from the 20th minute. It's just complete nonsense. Pereira should have been sent off for the first one. It's reckless, dangerous play that Joao Felix is lucky that he doesn't get away with worse in that situation. The Amati challenge on Kai Havertz is as well a red card. It should be a straight red card. Um, absolutely diabolical. Not only the referee doesn't penalise it, but more so the VAR. You know, as much as we can look at the official on the day, which I think you should, with the way he was letting challenges go, um, that I think should have been penalised, and then that creates an environment where players probably think on both sides we can get away with something, and that inevitably could lead to a, a serious injury happening to either a set of players, which is which is a bad case to be in. But also VAR for not looking at those incidents more because it, that's what it's there for. And I just, I can't, cannot believe that we still are in a situation now. And it, it shows you the, the problem that Howard Webb has with the PGML. You know, Lee Mason was taken off a few weeks ago, but, you know, it doesn't make that much difference because the culture of that institution for years has allowed this level of officiating to get to such a low standard where guys like Andre Mariner probably go under the radar a little bit. But, you know, I, I, the lack of good officiating and competent officiating in this league 
continues to baffle the mind. So it's going to be a massive challenge for Howard Webb to try and change it because today was just further proof and, and it'll probably be swept under the rug because it wasn't a live, a massive live game between two top teams and there won't be massive debates around it. But it was horrendous officiating and we're lucky that both sets of players actually come away from that game with, of course, you know, Kai Havertz is going to be quite sore with the, when he when he pulled up his shirt and you saw the, the marks on his on his chest. I mean, it was just horrendous stuff. So just diabolical and, and it's just it's what you come to expect from Premier League officiating but that doesn't make it acceptable and doesn't mean there needs to be a vast improvement but really happy and, and I think that for for Graham Potter it, it's another step forward it's something that he really needed he, he's now got that kind of record off his back of not winning an away game in the Premier League since October we've now have that and you're starting to see you know players find form I mean you're seeing connections within the team I think Wesley Fofana um, once again I love that smirk on his face as he was getting booed all day and he had a really good game and then he was just walking around the touchline and clearly loving it um, and rose to the challenge Koulibaly I thought again just asserting himself in that central defensive role Marco Correa big for him that he, he's got himself back into this team and is playing well uh, Ruben you know Ruben I, I think had a better game on the right side than he did uh, against Leeds last week and um, I thought there were a few times where he really got himself into some good areas uh, but of course he's never going to offer the same thing as Reese James but when you need him is doing a competent job Enzo I thought Enzo might be my man in a match for today um, I just thought his passing was just outstanding and the influence he had in that game the game-changing influence I just think means that he has to be given man of the match he creates the second goal the passing for the for the third goal the clincher and just all round you know the quality we've lacked in central midfield just the vision that creativity someone who in that area can pick up passes that other players can't see or just ones that really change the tempo of our attacks and unlock defenses which was was key for us today but again you're, you're looking across the team and a guy like Mikhailo Mudrik coming in and you know was a little bit unlucky maybe to not score that goal today Ben Shearwell you know Ben Shearwell back to his beautiful best uh, as Chelsea's left wing back uh, Mateo Kovacic getting himself a goal all round really really happy and I think that um, going into Everton at home next weekend it gives Chelsea an amazing opportunity to go into the international break the final international break of this season in really good form and you're going to get to a point maybe if Chelsea win next week of not wanting the international break but for Potter it's another week to prepare for that game hopefully we will have Raheem Sterling and Reese James back hopefully N'Golo Kante will be ready as well so those are my thoughts on the game let me know yours Chelsea winning again you've got to be happy so you've got to give this video a like and I'll see you again very soon all the best Podcast Network.